Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Thanks, Justin and Matthew and Vanessa, and I hope everyone's enjoying a, a beautiful weekend and getting outside and enjoying this late spring weather. Things are going on great at the, at the property. We have, just this week, people digging out footings and had a lot of sunshine and dry weather, which has been so helpful. And I want to say thank you, too, for the church's generosity. Uh, we had a, a really generous month and just a positive, encouraging month. And so we're plowing ahead with our building, and, and I think we're going to see a lot of progress as we come back and gather. I wanted us to jump into uh, Psalm 23. It's one of the most well-known psalms. It was my dad's favorite. And so if you'll open, I'm going to read out of the, the Passion Translation this morning. And in verse 1 in Psalm 23, it says, the Lord is my best friend and shepherd. We, we all grew up hearing that scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And in the Passion, it says the Lord is my best friend and shepherd. That, uh, that word there in the Hebrew is, uh, is translated best friend and shepherd. And I think that's such a great combination. When I think about who my best friend is, I, I would tell you it was Lindy, my wife. And I think she'd say the same thing. But really, if we uh, dig a little deeper, our best friend is the Lord. And um, I, would, I would gladly stand in second place behind the Lord for her as her best friend and she with, with me. And, and, uh, and so, you know, we have known the Lord even longer than Lindy and I have been married over 40 years. And we count him best friend. There's days when put your head on the pillow and out of that semi-conscious state, what erupts in my spirit is, I love you, Lord. That phrase just comes a lot in the neutral times of my mind. It says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. When you think about a shepherd, a shepherd is on the low end of the totem pole when it comes to status as a profession or job, and Jesus in his humanity came as a shepherd. Remember David, he was the youngest of the son, he was the forgotten son. Some even call him the son who uh, really didn't have the same parents as his brothers and sisters. And he was the one forgotten when the prophet came. He was the one out with the sheep. And so the, the shepherd is the one, a kind of a dirty job, a, a smelly job. And yet he says he takes on that, that role. And yet the shepherd also is a provider to the sheep and a protector. And we as Christians come, are talked about as being lamb. Lambs or sheep often in the Bible, you see it all throughout. And when we bow our knee to Jesus, we're taking on that surrendered position. When you think about a sheep, 
they have to be one of the most defenseless animals. They can't dig, they can't run, they can't swim, they can't fly, they don't have a strong talons, they don't have a strong jaw. They're defenseless, they need a shepherd. And we come as people that, that need a shepherd. And he says, I always have more than enough. Not just enough, but more than enough. And I think this is the base of our faith in Christ. Like when I am feeling like he's my best friend and I'm surrendered as, a, as one to the shepherd, I feel like I have more than enough. I've, I'm in a position of strength. The Lord, um, I could either be looking at as if I have fear or if I have courage. When I have him, I have courage. When I don't, I'm in fear. When I don't have him, I'm an orphan. When I do have him, I'm a son. When I don't have him, I can be anxious. And when I do, I'm in peace. When I don't have him, I feel alone. When I do have him, I'm comforted. And all of it can be based on whether he is my best friend or my shepherd. And I bet all of us would raise our hand in this season. There have been times when we've felt strong, but we've also felt weak. There have been times when we felt anxious. Uh, once someone once said that um, character isn't made in adversity, it's revealed. And I felt like there's been some soft spots, some weak spots revealed in these last few months in me. There's been days of strength, but there's been days of weakness. The Lord says, I'm your best friend and I'm your shepherd. And when you're in that place, you won't want. I would almost add to the scripture, if the Lord is my best friend and shepherd, I'll have more than enough. When the Lord is my Lord and shepherd, I'll have more than enough. And if we pop down to verse three, that's where he restores and revives my life. You know, David didn't have an easy life. He uh, grew up, as we said, the youngest and forgotten son. He got anointed king, but he didn't have any authority. He ended up running for his life from a father-in-law. He had moments of great despair and sin, horrible uh, places that he had been. He had led men into a place with Ziglag where uh, all, of, all of his men's wives and property, his wives were taken and his men were about to turn on him and kill, kill him. He didn't have a lot of vacations in his life. And so when he says he restores and revives my life, that's the place. We go to the still waters. Sheep don't do well in rocky waters. We go to the still waters and we go to the shepherd. Sheep can get turned over and they can't even get themselves back up without the help of a shepherd. So we need a shepherd. But we live in a world where the anthem songs are not the songs of the Lord. And often the anthem songs are like Dave Matthews, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die, or another generation, Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. And the great trinity of the world we live in is me, myself, and I. 
And so we as believers can pop in and out of this place of surrender as a sheep because sometimes we don't want to be a sheep. We want to be a wolf. Sometimes we want to be a tiger. We want to be a goat. And we move in and out of this place of peace and resting beside still waters and into a place where we need to be revived and we need to be restored. But that's why we're together and sheep need to be herded and stay together. And a sheep that gets away from the herd is uh, in a really dangerous position. That's why we need each other in this time. And I think one of the great things that will come out of this season is our desire to be together, our need for each other, to not be picked off, if you will, like a sheep. We come like sheep. And so I wanted to, I wanted to say that he's the restorer and he brings us back into the footsteps of righteousness. And so whether it's this scripture or others, I want us to, to just rest in him and if you found yourself not in the strongest place, I'd say come to him and be restored and let him be our best friend. This morning I had a, just an unusual experience. Um, uh, the phone was a couple feet from my head on the bed stand and at six o'clock a podcast started playing. I didn't touch the phone and uh, it was quite strange. And it was a sermon by Leonard Ravenhill on a podcast about the cup at Gethsemane. And you might recall the week before Easter, I, I was here preaching that message. I had heard that message. I, I'm a fan of Le Leonard Ravenhill. He's a great revivalist, great lover of the word, a great prophet to the church and a one that's kept singing the siren song, wake up church, wake up church. Our God is a miracle working God. And I heard this sermon a couple of months ago and it just stuck with me and um, I just felt to preach on it before, before Easter. I, I, usually I have the kind of the honor I could do the Easter message. That's more fun message than the week before the cross, the Passover the cup of Gethsemane is a tougher, tougher time. But I felt something on that message. And honestly, when I got through preaching it, I felt like it was okay. I wasn't that excited about it. But there was something burning on that message. And this, last night I went to bed and I, I think I was listening to a, a Ben Shapiro podcast right before I went to bed. I was in the podcast app. And at six o'clock, without touching my phone, that same sermon started playing. Interesting timing. I preached on that sermon before Easter and the, haven't touched it since then. And the morning to preach again, the sermon starts to come on again. Now I'd say God is trying to speak to me. God is... Uh, and the timing of this makes me wonder if he's not speaking to our body, to our church. And so this just happened this morning and I haven't had a lot of time to process it. And so I would invite you, if you um, wanted to hear that message, go to the podcast app, go to Leonard Ravenhill, go to the cup, Gethsemane cup message.
And I'd love to hear what he's saying to you. But in that message, he talks about Jesus and the cup. In Luke 12, he talks about, I'm coming, not with a baptism of water, but with a baptism of fire. In Matthew 20, when the mother of the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, she came to them and said, hey, I want my sons to be on either side of you. And Jesus said, do you know what cup you're asking? Are you willing to drink this cup? And this cup is one of, uh, for Jesus was a cup of betrayal. It was a cup of disappointment. It was a cup of suffering. So I'm not sure what the Lord is trying to say, but in that message, Leonard Ravenhill said, between this place where you're at right now and the place you want to go, that baptism of fire, in between those two is a cup. And so I know the Lord is looking not just to comfort us like in Psalm 23, that we would be comforted and we could say we have more than enough. I feel like he's saying to me, would you um, be willing to surrender your life like a sheep? Would you be willing to surrender your life, Steve? There's a call to me. There's a call to our church. Would you be one that would work, be with fire? Leonard says the, uh, you know, the, the cross really shouldn't be the emblem of the church. He's not a broken man on a cross anymore. He's alive. He's alive. The, the, the emblem should be the fire in the upper room that was on the saints of old. And those 300 that were, those 120 that were in that upper room and that fire that was on their heads, that should be the emblem of the church, one of power, one of praise, one that says they're living a sold out life, one of passion. That's the emblem for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you may in this time have found some things pop up in your marriage or your life. You may have found that Jesus the shepherd has come and he's running his hands through the sheep. And each of the sheep, the shepherd knows their voice. And I've studied a little bit about shepherds lately. They, uh, they name their sheep if they have a small enough flock. They, the, the shepherds know the sheep. And the sheep know the voice of the shepherd, the comforting voice of the shepherd. And he knows when one is sick and one is strong and one is leading, one is hurt that maybe needs to be carried a little lamb on his shoulders, one with a broken, hurt foot that gets broken. And we in our body have different needs this, this season. I, we have some in our, our church that have lost loved ones to corona and they're hurting and they are in a place of, um, of deep need and sorrow. We have some that have uh, lost jobs or... It looks like this year could be a, a washout financially. And that's not easy. And they're hurting. 
and they need something. There's some that uh, life hasn't changed at all. There's some that are just eager to get back. There's some that are just over it. And there are, there are some that um, are seeing some of our civil liberties being trounced on or potentially uh, some, some loss there that have concerns. It's almost like 1 Corinthians 12. Some are a foot, some are a hand, some are an eye. And each one of these concerns is part of our body. Each one is a sheep that our shepherd knows where we're at. And I'd say this season we're coming into of gathering back together is a season where we need more grace than we've had in the past because we have so many in our body with different needs, different times, different concerns. And so I would just ask us, let's come with more grace and more compassion for where people are at as we gather back together. Some are ready to come back yesterday and some won't be for weeks. So let's, um, let's be a people of grace. But as a close, I want us to, to remember that we're also people of passion, that we come out of this and into a world that has been shaken, where people who don't know God, don't have the spirit of God within them, uh, have lost, have, have been shaken, that we come as people of, of the word, we come people who are surrendered to the king of kings, we come as people of passion with fire. I believe God is just calling me to be a person of fire and calling us and you to be a person of fire. Somewhere between where I am now and where you are now and where we're going, that passionate baptism of fire is a cup. And what's that cup for you? What is it? Where is it? What's God asking you to do in this season? What's he asking you to lay down? The, uh, uh, a church on fire is attractive to the world. A church that's not on fire is just playing games and, and not really more than a club. We're a people who are on fire for the, for the Lord Jesus. And as the world gets shaken, we end up standing on a rock. We stand on the rock that can't be moved. So I, I'm still uh, trying to process what he's trying to say to me by a podcast that just turned on in the middle of the night. And I don't know that I have totally processed that yet. But there is a baptism of fire. There is a passion. There is a people of the upper room. But you can't have the open tomb in the upper room without Gethsemane and the cross. And those two stand in tension, surrendered ones, hopeful ones, sold out ones, ones that count themselves as sheep and lamb in a world that is often very predatory. But we stand as lambs, but we look into a shepherd who gave his life for us. The shepherd would sit would actually lay down at the opening of a pen 
and the sheep would be inside the pen and at the opening or the gate, the shepherd would lay down, really giving his life between he, the predators, and the sheep. We have a God that laid down his life for us so we can trust him. The sheep knew they could trust the shepherd that laid down in the gate. He is the way, the truth, and the life. My sheep hear my voice. The world thinks you're crazy if you say oh, you hear the God's voice. I've never heard his audible voice, but he speaks to us in so many ways. He speaks through our friends, our spouses. He speaks through the word. He speaks through nature. He speaks through divine coincidence. He speaks through his presence. He speaks through a phone that turns on at 6 a.m. on a podcast that was nowhere near that when you went to bed. My sheep know my voice. So let us be people of the word. Let us be people who call ourselves lamb, lambs. Leif, uh, Helen was telling me that in Revelation, 24 times we're referred to as lambs and sheep. And one time we're referred to as lions. I think even the numbers are interesting that maybe 24 times out of 25, we need to be the surrendered sons, the surrendered ones. And just like David, who spent most of his time in worship and in adoration to the king as a surrendered one, as a servant, as a, as a shepherd boy, once in a while, he took on the authority of a lion. Once in a while, he came after the Philistine, the Goliath said, who is that that would circumvent and go against the armies of the living God? Who's this uncircumcised heathen? Once in a while, we become lions with the authority of the king of kings. And often, we are the lambs looking to our shepherd. So I love you guys. I thank you. I just pray you have a wonderful day. And um, if any of you do download that app and the Lord gives you insight, I'd love to hear. I'm going to spend some more time in that message. It's one of fire. It's one of passion. It's conviction. It's looking for a church to be on fire and be an answer to a world that's looking. That's who we're called to be. I love you. You guys are amazing. And I hope you have a great, great day. Let's, let's end in prayer. Lord, I just thank you that you're the mighty God. You're the mighty king. You're the raised up one. You're the great I am. You're the God of hope. You're the God of grace. You're the great shepherd. You're the great one that comes on a white stallion with fire in your eyes. You're the fiery one. You're the God of all ages, God of ages. We just thank you. We adore you. We come as ones that say, you're my shepherd. You're my best friend. I adore you. And we open our arms like you did to the people and we just say, come, Lord Jesus, come. And we say, those that uh, don't know you, 
give your life to him and enter into the kingdom and enter in with us as we gaze upon the king, we gaze upon our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.